Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. We are about to enter the zone of dumbassery. All righty, so you are now warned. That's a trigger warning right there for you. It's coming. First, I want to start with Representative State Representative Cecil Brockman, or yeah, probably Brockman. Anyway, um, he is one of the five North Carolina House Democrats who voted for the state budget last week. And he was, along with his uh, several of his colleagues, all the Democrats, were targeted by youth leaders, youth leaders in the Democrat Party who slammed him for supporting the budget. So here's how it started. A joint statement from the presidents of the YDNC, the CDNC, and the NCADT. These are, I guess, caucuses, caucus, whatever, inside the... I always love that character on MASH, by the way. But um, these are groups inside the North Carolina Democrat Party. Youth groups. Okay. And they know everything. They're going to lead us. That's what I've heard. I mean, Whitney Houston told me that a long time ago. But then she died. So I don't know. Anyway, we are outraged to hear that several Democrats in the North Carolina General Assembly joined with Republicans today in a massive assault on reproductive rights, black representation in our courts, public education, and access to health care. This weekend, North Carolina Republicans tried to repeal Medicaid expansion unless they could build casinos for their billionaire donors, only stopping when they realized that not even their own caucus wanted it. Now they're going through with their plan to bully black judges off the bench, cut public school funding, give handouts to their wealthy donors, and so much more. As do you, do you get the do you get the sense that these folks might have been perfectly comfortable and at home flailing about on the floor of a courtroom in Salem, Massachusetts in the 17th century? Children I'll tell you. They're going to lead us. Oh, you know what? Whitney Houston didn't tell us that they were going to lead us. She said they're just our future. Oh, yeah, that's different. Okay. Um, They say now we're going through with their plan. Now they are going through with their plan to bully black judges uh, off the bench, cut public school funds, give handouts to their wealthy donors, so much more. As the first black men to lead all three of the North Carolina Democratic Party's youth organizations at the same time. Okay, guys, really? Like, I know this is a thing on the left where it's always like, it's historic. You know, they like, mm, they just get so filled with enthusiasm and the essence over this, uh, this first. We're historic. But this one seems like, like you start tacking on a whole bunch of 
descriptors, you know, onto this title, and it's it, it just it loses the punch. Like first woman in space, like bam, that's a pretty good one, right? But then you start tacking on all of these other things, like first woman who's not married, first woman who's married to another woman, first woman who's not married to another or woman who's married to another woman, but with a child or with two children, with four children, with two children in college and two children at home. You know, like at some point it's like, guys, okay, yes, it's historic. Okay. So they're saying that we are the first black men to lead all three of the North Carolina Democratic Party youth organizations at the same time. Okay. So there have been other black men that have led these organizations but there's always been a diversity. So now it's better because there's no diversity. Okay. So the, look, this is their message. The children shall lead us. Okay. Um, we are particularly sad to see several of our black elected officials engage in the backslapping game of closed door politics that's been ignoring communities of color across North Carolina for decades. When Democrats ran. Okay. When we yeah. Okay. By the way, did you know that the maps drawn by the Republicans a few years ago, you know that that created the most black representation in the General Assembly in North Carolina history or since Reconstruction? Did you know that? Yeah. But it came at the expense of white Democrats, and so they sued. The Democrats, they sued. Just a heads up on that. Anyway, uh, we are proud of Governor Cooper and our Democratic legislators who stood together in protecting Medicaid, rejecting the GOP's failed attempt— at, extort, uh, at extortion with the casino deal and voting against the disastrous budget. Our message to representatives Cecil Brockman, Carla Cunningham, Garland Pierce, Shelley Willingham, and Michael Ray. Here it is. Start acting like Democrats and stop helping North Carolina Republicans pass some of the most brazenly anti-black legislation we've seen in years once again, guys, it loses the impact when you have to add so many qualifying words into your historic event, you know? Called it a direct affront to the communities they represent. And then they said, let this be your notice. March 5th, 2024, comes sooner than you think. Scary. First off, you don't know that. You don't know. Yeah, you say it comes sooner than you think. You don't know how long these people think it comes. Right? What if they have a, actually a completely accurate idea of how soon March 5th is coming? What if their idea of how soon it's coming is more accurate than yours? Yeah, like you don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea. It's like people are like, oh, be careful. That putt looks a lot longer than you think it does. How do you know how long I think that putt looks? So they're threatening the, 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 the youths are threatening the black lawmakers with primarying them. By the way, does any of this sound familiar? Does the name Trisha Cotham ring a bell? Right? This is precisely what Trisha Cotham was talking about as the reason why she left the Democratic Party. And Democrats want to tell themselves that it's some sort of, you know, underhanded deal that uh, Tim Moore cut and she was planning to do it all along. And it was this, you know, all of this. It was a big con and everything. And what she tell, what she has told people has been a consistent story 
And hers is very similar to this. It's the way her own party members treat her when she breaks rank on even a single issue. So here's what Representative Brockman said in response. Quote, First of all, it's my job as a state legislator and member of the Conference Committee on the Budget to work on the state budget. So the implication that simply doing my job is under attack uh, is so outrageous that, yeah, that simply doing my job is under attack is so outrageous and ridiculous I felt obligated to respond. I believe the majority of North Carolinians want politicians to stop bickering and work together to do what's best for everybody. You might not like it, but I'm willing to work with the majority and try to find common ground. I supported the budget because I fought hard for appropriations that I thought would have a profound impact on my community. I represent a majority poor black district that I was born and raised in. The majority of the more than $29 million appropriations that were in this budget go directly towards helping the black folks in my community. More than 25 nonprofits that directly help the folks in my community get the resources they need. My message to you would be grow up. When you're an adult and you have to work with people you may have disagreements with and even may not like, you might get up every day, uh, but you get up every day and you do your job. I'll continue to do my job in looking out for the best interest of my constituents. I trust when election time rolls around, my constituents will do what they have done for the past five election cycles and vote in their best interest. Kudos. To Representative Brockman, even if you disagree with all of what he said, kudos to him for standing up, showing a, a, a bit of a spine against these crybabies, loudmouth crybabies. That's what they are. These children, they've put down the sippy cups to scream and yell. Oh, I've got another audio clip here. I'm going to play because this is where uh, this is where we go full long, full headlong, right, headlong into the zone of dumbassery. Yeah, so be prepared. It's coming. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Alrighty, as I warned earlier in the hour, we are entering. You're in the zone of dumbassery. Here we are. Here it is. This is Eric Willoughby. Willoughby. How would you pronounce that? W-I-L-L-O-U-G-H-B-Y. Oh, I got you. Willoughby. I got you. Sorry, my bad. Willoughby. Uh, he's a 17-year-old. He's from Huntersville. And according to the redistricting network, the redistrict network, an independent nonpartisan campaign providing you with news and information on 2020 redistricting, we connect you with experts and reformers. So they, re, uh, they retweeted this speech that he gave. There were his uh, public comments because they were taking public comments. They did three 
sessions around the state. Uh, the legislature did because of the congressional maps having to be redrawn. So they open it up for public comments. And look, I got to tell you, we've been doing these redrawn maps for so many years now, like so many times. There really isn't anything that you can say that these lawmakers haven't already heard, but it's a formality. So they go through it. Well, yesterday or day before, they had the one up at the legislature. So Eric will off by. No, it's probably Willoughby. Yeah, uh, he he went as a 17 year old from Huntersville, North Carolina. He drove 2.5 hours to speak out against new maps being crafted outside of public view. And so here is how Eric from Huntersville began his comments. My name is Eric Willoughby. I'm a senior in high school, and I come to you today from North Mecklenburg County, Huntersville to be specific. And I'm here today to convey a very, very simple message. I'm 17. I should be spending my Wednesday afternoons with friends or family, but instead I'm here with y'all. I'm here because every single day I have to worry about which liberties Republican legislators are going to choose to gut next. You don't have to. They started by refusing to take action against gun violence and destroyed your right to peace of mind about something as simple as sending your child to school. Then they came for your right to make the most basic reproductive health care decisions that were right for you and your family. This time, they're coming for every North Carolinian's right to fair representation. This legislature is made up of the same people who have drawn maps that intentionally disenfranchise and limit the power of historically marginalized and minority voters. All right. So that's how he started his comments. Did you catch the extra right? Did you catch it? I'll play it again. My name is Eric Willoughby. Yeah, we know. I'm a senior in high school, and I come to you today from North Mecklenburg County, Huntersville to be specific. Listen for it. And I'm here today to convey a very, very simple message. I'm 17. I should be spending my Wednesday afternoons with friends or family, but instead I'm here with y'all. I'm here because every single day I have to worry about which liberties Republican legislators are going to choose to gut next. They started by refusing to take action against gun violence and destroyed your right to peace of mind about something as simple as sending your child to school. Your right to peace of mind. I have to admit, I have to admit, I have not heard of this one. I have not. I, I, thought, I, I thought I was pretty clear on, like, natural law, uh, you know, uh, Constitution, Bill of Rights, the amendments. I thought I was pretty clear on this stuff. And then this uh, this guy, this 17-year-old guy comes along. And out of the mouths of babes, I find out, lo, no, there is another right, which I'm actually on board with. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like the right to peace of mind. And so uh, in order to uh, exercise my right to peace of mind, I would like all of the leftists to leave America. That is the only way that I will have peace of mind. And it is my right to have the peace of mind. So please leave. I was uh, I actually sent that out on a tweet because, you know, I want to spread this message far and wide. I am exercising my right to peace of mind. So please 
leave America, go to a leftist country that you prefer. I don't care. See, like that would be your peace of mind. You can have peace of mind by going to another country. Now, I don't know if they're going to recognize your constitutional right to a peace of mind. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe they're talking about a peace of mind, like a chunk of it. Like, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind, which for some people, I think, like, they're in no position to be giving pieces away, considering how limited the inventory seems to be. But I think that people should be, uh, uh, be you know, leaving the country to give me the peace of mind that I am entitled to. I have a right to this. And so I went to the Twitter machine and I told everybody, please leave. Uh, I got a response or dozens. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people, uh, particularly of the left, for some reason, they, they don't recognize this peace of mind when I am exercising it. I don't, I don't understand. Um, I had one person say, uh, try to force him to do so. And I, I'm not trying to force you. Look, I don't force people to do stuff. I'm libertarian, man. Like when I tell people, Hey, see you later, you know, or, or travel safe, have a good day, whatever. I usually follow it up with, uh, or not. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I've said that for years. I say, Hey, drive safe. Then I'll say, you know, or not, you know, drive fast, take chances, whatever. Like, it's it's your call. So, no, I'm not trying to force anybody to leave America, but I am saying I have a right to peace of mind. And so, therefore, you should leave, right? That's how that works. That's my understanding that that's how that works. All right. So then our pal Jeff Scott, he's a local libertarian. He responded to this dumbassery, um, and he said, only a product of public schools would think that there is a right to peace of mind. That's... That is it's probably true. It's like, I wonder where I do wonder where he goes to school. Well, he did. He said North Mech. I don't think he said, did he say North Mech high? He may have. He didn't say it. He just said North Mecklenburg County. Yeah. So now I've been informed that I need to read the preamble of the constitution. We need to read the const. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, look, I'm your Huckleberry. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty, do ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. And the right to peace of mind. I never saw that part. Wait a minute. How... I have read that preamble so many times. How have I never seen this extra three words? Man. Gosh, I don't I feel like a moron. Wow. Um, and then somebody else told me to read uh, or say, yeah, the, uh, the Declaration of Independence. That was another one. Um, you don't. They said, oh, what? You don't figure that peace of mind is captured somewhere within the Declaration of Independence's Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Uh, no. It, because it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It, it doesn't say peace of mind. Oh, wait, no, there it is. Oh, my gosh. Hang on a second. I didn't see that there either. Well, okay, that doesn't really matter, though, because the Declaration of Independence is just like a mission statement. It's not the laws, right? This was our mission statement, and then the Constitution is the governing document. That's... 
That's how that works. And it's not in the Constitution either. And even if it was in the Constitution's preamble, it's just the preamble. That's not the that's not the rules. So even if what you said wasn't a heaping pile of crap, um, it still wouldn't you still would not be right. So I am going to continue to exercise my right and you need to leave America. Thank you very much. All righty. So this is an email from uh, Bob who says, uh, my quiet enjoyment of my peace of mind is disrupted each time I hear Tony or Cheryl on your program. Cut it out. No, Bob. I'm changing hearts and minds here, man. Um, Let's see. This is from Tim. I used to have a job where I may be the only U.S. citizen in the room at our meeting. I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore because of the embarrassing politicians and policies of this country. I might have had to ask one of the other people in the room if they would mind sponsoring me for citizenship in their country. (laughs) Well, that's the way to do it. Get you a network so you have a soft landing when you arrive, you know. Ned says, didn't Vice President Kamala Harris make money off of the, yeah, didn't she have merchandise where it says, I was that little girl, those t-shirts, remember? I think so. Ned, I think you're right. I don't remember for sure, but I think that does sound familiar where, remember, she was in the debate with Joe Biden in 2020, and she makes this big speech attacking Biden as a racist because, you know, of all the racisty things he's done and said over his, you know, 70 years in office, whatever. So uh, she's like, uh, I, you know, was, uh, uh, you know, I, I was that little girl that was, you know, on the bus and people were, you know, trying to block me from entering the, the desegregated school. Like I was that little girl. Like you were, you were bull Connor. I mean, she basically said that Joe, yeah, Joe Biden is standing in front of the schoolhouse door, blocking the entrance of black students. And she was that black student. That's what she said. And then of course, later on when Joe Biden names her as veep and she goes on Jimmy Fallon show Fallon, I think it's Jimmy Fallon asks her, or maybe it was Colbert and they're all the same. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. It was a debate. Ha, 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 ha. And then he follows it up. Like, no, no, really. So like, so like what, you didn't mean it? it you, like, that's not true. He's not a racist. Ha, 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 ha. It was a debate. I'm, uh, literally, I'm trying to. Like mimic how she sounded. I I don't think I, I I don't I'm not getting it completely right, but I hope to be as annoying as she was when she did it. That's really what I was going for there. Just the annoyance. I was channeling the noise. Like let me if I had a Venn diagram of the annoyance of her and me, it'd be like a circle. I love the Venn diagrams. Um, but yes, Ned, I do believe that she sold merch with that saying. The Democrat ticket, he says, will be very Soviet. Consider they have only one choice for president, Biden, and one choice for governor, Josh Stein. No, no, no. They have a, well, yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know. Mike Morgan could give Stein a bit of a run for the money in the Democrat primary. It's possible. Right At this point, I suspect Democrats might be going after another statewide known black candidate to run for governor in their primary. I think Cooper, Stein, 
maybe not the Democrat Party itself. I'm not sure if the uh, yeah, I'm not sure if the 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 Democratic Party chair. I'm not sure if she can put the sippy cup down for long enough to go recruit a candidate uh, to run statewide in order to split the vote. That because that's the idea is you would try to find in the Democrat primaries if you are a white male running at large or statewide in this case. You are at a serious disadvantage in the Democrat primary. You're at a serious disadvantage um, if you are running against an African-American Democrat. Well, obviously, in a Democrat primary, they would be Democrats, right? In a general election, you know, it's more wide open. But in the primary, it's a lot more difficult. And I remember I had a uh, – there was a uh, local uh, countywide elected official. I will not name him. But he told me he was a Democrat, and he said, Pete, I am a dying breed. I am a white male at-large Democrat, and that is a very difficult uh, candidacy to win in, in a blue county like Mecklenburg and in a Democrat primary statewide because the most motivated people turn out to vote in the primaries, and that means that like you have this coalition inside the Democrat party and it's identity politics based. And so when they see somebody who is, you know, their identity, they vote for that identity. And so you end up then getting a lot of your black voters or people of color, let's say going for the person of color on the ballot, Mike Morgan, the judge, uh, or now uh, former judge, because he stepped down off of the state Supreme court. And he's won a statewide race, right? He's a, he's a judge, statewide, state Supreme Court. So he's got experience. So does Josh Stein. Josh Stein barely won his race last time. Barely. Very, very close. So Josh Stein's might be in a bit of trouble. And so Josh Stein and Roy Cooper, my good friend Ray, they may very well be trying to recruit another uh, statewide candidate, somebody who's got enough you know, name ID but is, but is a person of color, preferably black, that will then split the black vote inside the Democrat Party. And that gives Josh Stein a lane to, like, shoot the gap, like to run right through the middle, to use an NASCAR term. Or maybe it's a track and field term. Um, remember the no choice for Senate last election? They paid off Jeff Jackson to drop out for Beasley, who was chosen by a few, not voted on by Democrat voters, in my opinion. Well... Beasley, Ned, Beasley, Sherry Beasley did win that primary. There were some other people running against her, but uh, she refused to debate them. Remember, she wouldn't debate them. And they were very, they they were very low name ID. Not a lot of people knew them. I don't think any of them had, had won statewide, let alone run statewide. So, um, this is. I wish you had informed the lady caller going on about Trump and his challenges uh, and disparagement of judges with clear conflicts of interest that, A, most of his sorry, most of his most important challenges were never fully reviewed by the courts, but were tossed out on technicalities that Democrats, including Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton, claimed elections were stolen and have not retracted. And clearly many judges in the special counsel have clear conflicts of interest and should never have been appointed. And that Democrats have regularly gone after judges and South. <sighs> Sorry, that's a run on sentence there. 
And South Carolina's, including Clarence Thomas and many other conservatives on the court and other judges and Ken Starr, just to name a few. She is the definition of what Reagan said about Democrats. It's not what Democrats know. It is what they think they know that isn't so. Okay, well, yeah, I'm, no, it's not the exact quote, but that's close enough. Yeah, no, I, it's not that Democrats are ignorant. It's that they know so much that isn't so. That was the Reagan quote, I believe. Um, I think it was the, this is from Russ. I think it was the late Walter E. Williams that used to say that a right does not require others to pay for it. And it does not infringe on the rights of others. Anything else is a want or a preference. Precisely. That's why when people talk about healthcare is a right. like No, it's not because that requires somebody give it to you. It requires action of another person. And that is an infringement upon their rights. That's how that works. If it's a right, then it must be provided by somebody else. Right. And what if nobody else wants to provide it? You got to force people to do it. Oh, no, no, we wouldn't do that. Okay, so then it's not a right. See, it's to me, it's always been very clear. The rights are based on natural rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, which is property. Um, that, that, th- these are your natural rights, born with them and of nature. You have the right to life. That is of nature. Animals kill each other. They kill in self-defense. They kill to eat. That's natural law. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. That's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Here's an idea. Um, Why don't you exercise your right to remain silent so I maintain my right to peace of mind? (laughs) There you go. Um, Last week, there was the premiere of a, a short film called The Cluster B Society by Christopher Rufo. It reveals how a strange new pattern of psychopathologies has deranged our institutions and plunged our public life into hysteria, narcissism, and moral theatrics, all in the name of care. The film hit 2 million views on Twitter and was featured on Jesse Waters' Fox News program. The primary reason we are seeing the Cluster B Society is the collapse of authority, including, crucially, the collapse of religious authority. The therapeutic replacement is disastrously unprepared for governing a society. It is circular, one-dimensional, and incapable of imposing rational limits. He goes on to say later that uh, both the male and the female archetypes contain a combination of good and bad traits. For example, men can serve as protectors who defend the vulnerable, or they can act as tyrants who exploit the weak for their own ends. The essential problem that we face in our institutions is an imbalance, not only between the masculine and the feminine, but also between the healthy and the pathological. Bill Maher 
when he had uh, uh, Jordan Peterson on his uh, podcast, his YouTube show a couple of uh, weeks back, he made a great observation, which he forgot about because he was high when he made it. But I reminded him of it when I interviewed him. So maybe he'll you know, reiterate it again, unless, of course, he was high when he was talking to me. But I don't know. He didn't sound high, but whatever. Um, he said, when, you know, men, when men behave asocially, this is what Jordan Peterson was talking about, when you behave in an antisocial way and you're a dude, you end up in prison. That's why the prisons are full of men, generally, right? Because when they act in an antisocial way, they harm other people. And we as a society have said that's not acceptable, okay? So what Bill Maher then said was that when men behave antisocial, it's essentially like dudes are saying, I will kill you. When women behave in an antisocial manner, they say, I will make you kill yourself, and you see this manifesting all over social media. The peer pressure, right? The uh, social contagion stuff. And it ties back to the original topic. Very first uh, segment of the program was what? Salem witch trials. There you go. See that? I Look at that. Closing the circle here. Do not attempt this at home. I am a trained professional. By the way, did you hear the CIA is building an AI model with no limitations? <laughs> right, I know. Like, what could go wrong with that? And have all the institutions to trust. It's the CIA. So what? Yeah, exactly. Like, who better to have this no limitation AI model housed under than the CIA? I couldn't pick a better organization. Two six packs of shiners. 99 cent butane lighter Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron Ice down that igloo cooler Take a guess at all to do her I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother The scale of how much we collect and what we collect on has grown astronomically over the last 80 plus years. So much so, they would, this could be a, a daunting and at times unusable. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. Yeah, so this is, uh, it's unprecedented. It's growing astronomically, this AI stuff. 
It's under the CIA's open source enterprise. The director is a guy by the name of Randy Nixon. That makes me feel much better. Guy named Nixon in charge of the AI with no limitations. Right, what could go wrong? All right. I'll see you on uh, Monday. Have a great weekend. Don't break anything while I'm gone.